Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Money FM 89.3. It is now time for Sports Minutes. I'm Elliot Danka together with Ziaul Raushan. And of course, we'd like to say thank you to Spurs for following in the footsteps of Bayern Munich and giving us something to talk about today. Yep. Very, very grateful to Spurs for <laughs> acting as they did because it was a long time coming. Antonio Conte finally got the sack that we all expected he will. And here we are trying to talk about it. I know there are a couple of issues we need to talk about, right? Like the current state of affairs, likely candidates, and uh, there's the hurricane problem as well. But i tell you what, let's get started. Let's try and get an understanding of the situation. Uh, I reached out earlier on to James Walton, sports business leader for Deloitte Singapore in Southeast Asia, although he would prefer to be known as the ultimate Spurs fan in Singapore. I guess might have something to say about that. Uh, but here's what he says about the current issue at Spurs. To me, the fundamental question is, what is the project right now? What is the plan for Spurs? They had a, a, an approach a few years ago with Pochettino where they gave him the opportunity to build the team, gave him young players, asked him to develop them, and they got so close to kind of getting over that line. And when they failed, they brought in Mourinho thinking that he had that last little bit to push them over that line with that talented squad of players. Now, arguably, you know, leaving aside the, the Nuno Espirito de Santo time where they got a bit lost, arguably then with Conte, they tried to do the same again. But the issue now is the squad is probably not as talented as it was then. The players are all a little bit older. The chemistry isn't there. And that approach of appointing a serial winner simply doesn't seem to be working. James Walton there setting the scene for what's going on at Spurs. Speaking of Spurs fan, one of the biggest one in Southeast Asia, Shazat Huck, international sports commentator, joins us. Shazat, what's your take on what's going on at Spurs? We are certainly the gift that keeps on giving uh, Tottenham Hotspur. <laughs> uh, so you're all very welcome. Um, look, right now, I think what, what James uh, said is, is correct, that his time had come up, uh, Antonio Conte, um, and the project which is a word that's uh, really overused in football, um, hasn't really worked out for uh, Daniel Levy and what he wanted to do um, in terms of he got a bit swayed by getting these so-called serial winners in the, in the likes of uh, Mourinho and Conte, um, thinking that there could be a quick fix when actually, given Tottenham's profile and, and the finances at the disposal, it really is more a Pochettino type of manager, younger, fresher, not looking for necessarily instant success, but wants to build for the future. That, I think, um, is kind of where Tottenham are at. They have massive aspirations, of course, but they're not there yet. They're in. They're sixth of the big six. Let's be very honest here. Yeah, but I think I agree with you. They are the sixth of the big six that you talk about. I just feel like Spurs, with the new stadium and everything, Daniel Levy got a bit carried away in terms of wanting to repay that massive debt they put in, put themselves in, right, to build that new stadium. You know, they had all the hardware. They've got the best stadium, the best training ground uh, in all of, of Britain. Um, they now need to populate it with the best players, which he seems to, re- you know, he spends... A billion, it's almost a billion uh, pounds worth of of debt and uh, construction costs. But he just seems to find it hard to open the cobwebs on that wallet of his to get out money for players. That is, I think, what people find it very difficult to to understand as to why he won't buy the highest quality. He brought in the Mourinho's and the Conte's, but he didn't buy the players to kind of go with what they wanted. Mind you, they're also known as checkbook managers, right? And... Uh, with that comes a whole big expectation. Neither one of them got what they wanted. Both of them have left. 
I think I agree with you that they didn't get what they want, but there seems to be almost a discord between the sporting director as yeah. well as the manager. So while they did spend money on players, the yes. likes of Richarlison, the yes. likes of Romero, it's not what Conte wanted or Mourinho wanted. But before we move on to who can possibly come in and fill the seat, I want to ask you, this reeks of player power to me in terms of the number of managers that have been forced out now. It's almost like the players know... It's okay if I down tools. I'm not the one losing my job. They will go through this circle again and this circle seems to have just taken another corner. I mean, you could argue that with with any club, right? Uh, That players eventually know they've got more leeway than a manager does. So at the end of the day, if a manager is not treating the players in the way that they feel they should be treated, and I was reading about how Conte is forcing two-kilometer runs on match day when they're all thinking they need to reserve energy. Um, He he had a team meeting to try and sort out issues in January. When the last player arrived, he left and said, you guys go figure it out. They told him, "It's, it's you, it's your tactics. Loosen the shackles. Um, they didn't like how he sort of approached people and, and how he put an, a, a, an overemphasis on the fitness side of things, on the discipline. Where, yes, I think they realize that they have to do it, but they also feel a need to express themselves on the pitch. So what have they done? They maybe they've expressed themselves off the pitch. Mm. And I think that's, that's not just a, a Spurs problem. That's, that's players in general. But I'm not going to take issue with what uh, Antonio Conte said. I'm going to take issue with how he said it and, and, and in what environment he said it. I think he should have done that behind closed doors. But a lot of fans will not have issues with many of the things that he came up with. Mm. No one does play a power, by the way, like Alan Shearer. <laughs> another podcast for another day. So who are the likely candidates? Let's hear from James Walton. So when you look at the candidates that are being talked about, there's a funny mix because there are a lot of perhaps younger or up-and-coming managers who are perhaps the project type. So you look at someone like Thomas Frank at, at, at Brentford. There's talk about Roberto De Zerbi from, from Brighton, which would be a surprise given he hasn't been there very long. And obviously people like Julian Nagelsmann, but even Ruben Amorim from, from Sporting Lisbon, who would, who would be a bit of a left-field choice given he hasn't managed in England before and and a little bit been off the boil with Sporting Lisbon the last couple of months as well. There's very few kind of proven winners in this in this category if you put Nagelsmann to one side. The other interesting name in there of course is Luis Enrique who has a proven track record um, but has never managed in England, perhaps the most high profile of the managers, but he probably like Conte Mourinho would expect significant investment. He would want to rebuild the squad and is that really what the club are looking for so i think that fundamental decision has to come first are they looking at a manager for a five-year period who's going to overhaul the squad work with young talent and try to do what pochettino did or are they thinking that they've only got a couple of years left of son kane um, and one or two others in that group and that they need to make the most of it while they they can and indeed would kane be willing to stay around if he was told this was a three, four, five year project, or would he want someone that will deliver right now? Of course, the wild card in all this is Pochettino, who did that the first time, but left somewhat under a cloud, um, having not managed to get the team over the line and having complained about the fact that he had said the team needed investment and didn't get it. And of course, although he did win some trophies at PSG, like a lot of PSG managers, he, he failed to get the uh, ultimate prize and also somewhat failed to get the maximum out of the squad that he had available to him. Some Spurs fans would like to see him return. However, others say, aren't we just effectively reappointing someone who couldn't do the job 
last time. But again, some Spurs fans are focused on getting quality football. They want to enjoy the football in a way they didn't under Mourinho and, and Conte, whereas other Spurs fans are saying, who's going to win that trophy? This is the ultimate dilemma for <laughs> not just Spurs fans, but particularly a Spurs problem, uh, is do I want to be entertained or and go down in a blaze of glory, or do I want to win uh, in, in a very uninteresting way? Um, at the moment, Spurs are losing in a terrible fashion. So you're getting the worst of, of both, you know. Um, and at the end of Mourinho's reign, um, you know, Levy had come out saying, we need to find the DNA of our club. Um, and Bruno what, was the DNA? You know, <laughs> exactly. So he, he went for conservative managers. Mm. Um, and, and that is not the DNA of this club. This club started the what is known as push-and-run football. The way that football sort of evolved in England was thanks to Tottenham back in the 60s um, um, under Arthur Rowe and, and then Bill Nicholson. So there's a, uh, this country steeped in being playing entertaining football, not really achieving very much, but always being very good to watch. And the joke across the road at Arsenal was boring, boring Arsenal. You guys might remember that from back in the day. They were getting their trophies, but they weren't doing it particularly well. So Spurs kind of like being in this, uh, we're not going to get the trophies necessarily, but we're going to go and have fun doing it. And at the moment, they're not there. So this DNA or what what Levy wants uh, is to go back to that. And that's going to please the fans. At least... Give us something to watch because we know we're not going to be up there amongst the trophy winners. Pochettino, obviously, actually, pretty much all the guys that um, James mentioned are of that ilk that will be playing that kind of football. A bit like Newcastle style, right? Entertainers. Yeah. However, you sc- how much you score, we'll score more. Well, Aussie Adela. Oh, yeah, you mean back in the day yeah, when, when we grew up? Day, yeah, yeah, the four threes against yeah. Liverpool spring to mind. Absolutely right. When they grew Kevin up. Kevin Keegan not me. style. <laughs> when they grew up. I take your point completely and you bring up the yesteryear example of Arsenal being the more boring team in yeah. North London and Spurs setting out to entertain. This obviously is exhibited by the fact that Arsenal are doing so well here. They've believed in a project. They've parked all their eggs in that Ateta basket and as it stands, it looks like it's going to pay dividends. And play good football. Exactly. So, James mentioned a list of names there. Mm. And when I look at the number of managers available <laughs> in the market at the moment, okay, you're going to argue that some of them are still the Hollywood names. Zidane Zidane springs to mind. Yeah. You know, there's Luis Enrique, plenty in the market. Pochettino is really going back to your ex the way. There's mm. more project-based managers, Lucien Favre, Marcelo Bielsa. Who's your pick to come in and arrest the slump? Well, when we last spoke... Um I don't think, you know, Nagelsmann is, is, is the new addition sort of to that lot. And um, yeah, I would be casting eyes at him right now out of all of them because I think he brings a, a nice mix. He's used to playing, to being at the big club, whereas uh, De Zerbi and Amarim, all these guys haven't had that yet. Mm-hmm. And I think Tottenham are still amongst the big clubs, right? So you need to have that bit of experience. You know, Potter, really nice guy probably at the wrong club. That's kind of the, 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 the feeling right, right now. He's not really handling it particularly well. Uh, maybe he's got over the hump now. So they, they kind of want to perhaps... Then again, you look at Pochettino. He never had a big club, but he, he, he took one season and then mm. he really took Spurs off. So mm. look, it's always a bit of a gamble. Um, at the end of the day, Pep Guardiola came from, from uh, La Masia up through the ranks in Barcelona. So you never know. Same with Arteta. So I would right now, I would probably like a Nagelsmann, though there has been talk of his issues with players and his man management skills. So okay. they've got to do their due diligence. Let's find out what James Walton has to say, his personal pick for manager choice. 
For me personally, as much as I love Pochettino, it feels like it may be a little bit of a step backwards at this point in time. Um, I'd love to see Julian Nagelsmann uh, get a chance. I think Luis Enrique would be perhaps a stretch for the club at this time. It's going to be an interesting summer because Spurs is probably, as it stands, unless something drastic happens at Chelsea, Spurs is probably the most attractive job uh, that will be up for grabs in the Premier League. If you assume that you know Arsenal, Man United, Liverpool, um, as I say, Chelsea, Newcastle, Man City are not going to be changing. And on the continent, Bayern Munich have already changed. There'll usually be one or two Italian teams in the mix, but the other big team looking is Real Madrid. And maybe Nagelsmann will, will, will have one eye on whether or not he may be a candidate for that role. My personal pick, Scott Parker. What about you, Rausha? Scott Parker. I've <laughs> got... Sabotage got, jam. sabbing <laughs> going on here. Huh? Ah. I mean, former player and all that, right? I'm also inclined to pick a former player. I'm not for Nagelsmann because it just feels like another bright, shiny toy. And mm. if the players are not respecting 50-year-old managers like Conte, like Mourinho, are they really going to give the respect Nagelsmann deserves for what he can set out to do? I'm going to pick two people, Michael Carrick and Ralph Hasenhutl. I think both of them... Yeah. Ralph Hasenhutl has shown he can play attractive football. Michael Carrick is doing one at Middlesbrough, mm. perhaps it's time they take that route rather than the bright shiny toy that is Nagelsmann. Why don't we say, we'll take Eric Ten Hag and you can have Michael Carrick. Crazy. Know? Sure, sure, <laughs> sure. Why not give us but, Conte and Marino as well? You give us Harry Kane <laughs> oh, at the same time. I love, if we could just... No, I, I, wouldn't give up, I wouldn't give up Ten Hag for, uh, for, for, Harry uh, for Harry Kane. He's but, the second most favourite ball, beautiful man I love. Very quickly, I know we're going to move on to Harry Kane, but very quickly, Ten Hag did not impress Levy on a Zoom interview. This is back in yes. the day when he was looking for a successor, yes. uh, a new manager. So, nice one. Ah, well done, guys. You're welcome. You're welcome. I told you, we're a gift that keeps giving. Uh, <laughs> yeah, plenty to look forward to in terms of how this story develops because there's only 10 games to go mm. in this season and Spurs, they've decided to keep Conte's assistant, which I find yeah. bewildering in itself. Yeah. Is he the man to make it better? But that's just the bottom of the issues. Harry Kane, one year left on his contract. Is he going to stay? Is he going to go? This is uh, this is a big one, isn't it? Because up till a few weeks ago, there were strong indications that he was very tempted to, to carry on. Mm. Um, then he broke the scoring record of Jimmy Greaves. Um, that's one big uh, issue yeah. out of the way. Yeah. He's now got the England record. You know, it feels like he's done everything. I think we've already discussed this. He's done everything except win those trophies. Yeah. Um, now there's this period of uncertainty. He's not in all likelihood going to get a serial winner, as we spoke about, probably going to get more project guy. And therefore, it means the chances of a, a, a trophy next season are relatively unlikely. I, I don't want to predict something now, but this is his, he's going to be 30 in July. Yeah. This is probably his last couple of seasons left, really. Would you take something safe like a Man U or Man City? I don't think City are going to take, go for him. A Man U is the most likely... You look at what's going on at United. They're, they're playing really good football. They're going places. Thank you. Yeah, it, it pains me to say. <laughs> but look, the chances are, you know, um, they're going to have to cash in on him, right? Um, Levy, I know he's dead set against it. We saw what he did last time with uh, Man City, but he had the power of the, of the contract in his favor. I, I sadly say, I, you know, I suspect he may well go. Well, let's hear from uh, James Walton on the hurricane situation. For Harry Kane, well, he's got one year left on his contract and the question is, what does he want to achieve and what does the club want to achieve? In terms of what does he want to achieve, the word is that he is fixated on getting to that Premier League Alan Shearer's goal-scoring record and that means he would have to stay in England even if he left Tottenham and places like Real Madrid, Bayern Munich would not be an option. Um, 
does he care more about winning trophies or is it more about his commitment to Spurs and being a one-club man? He's now got his England goal-scoring record. There's a lot of uh, a lot of questions in the mix there. And then where could he conceivably go? So Daniel Levy would be willing to sell him overseas at the right price, but would be very reluctant to sell him in England because it would send a message to the fans about ambition to be selling him to a rival. Now, if it was Man City and the price was right, Daniel Levy may not see it as a rival because Man City are just so far ahead and guaranteed trophies. But selling to Manchester United or, or even worse, Chelsea, would send a very bad message to the fans because they consider these teams to be in a similar rebuilding mode, similar ambitions. And it would be a statement by the club and, and by Kane, for that matter, that, that those clubs are, are closer to where they're getting to than, than Spurs are at this point in time. And the price, obviously, in the UK would be much higher than it is overseas if someone was trying to buy Kane for exactly those reasons. But the second question from Kane's point of view is, who is the manager? Is it a serial winner or is it a young manager who's perhaps more more unproven? And the third question linked to that, and probably the most important question, is what is the project? If you are Harry Kane and you, you see an unproven manager coming in or a relatively unproven manager coming in, and you see younger players being bought because this is a long-term project. At his age, is he willing to stay around for that, knowing that it may mean that Spurs do not win for the next three, four years and that they may not be qualifying for Champions League? Or um, if it's a, perhaps a Luis Enrique, Julian Nagelsmann, and the club invests, would he be more inclined to, to stay around? And it, it would seem pretty obvious that the latter would be more appealing. So to me, I think... His personal ambitions is a factor. The choice of manager is, is a factor. Um, but most importantly of all, from Harry Kane's point of view, will be what is the club's plan, project, direction for the next three to four years and how does that fit with what he really wants to achieve at this point in time. Special thanks to James Walton, sport business leader for Deloitte Singapore in Southeast Asia and also creator of Word of the Day Project. Yeah, it is a buzzword that keeps going around in football, as Shazad alluded to. <laughs> now, I think Harry Kane's job is done. He's got that trophy outside Spurs, no matter what, all-time top scorer. He will stay in the league. And if I were him, I'd move to Manchester United purely because it sets him up in a good place wow. to go get that Alan Shearer record. Now, Shazad, we've had a long, long conversation about all things Spurs and watch the steps going forward. Just Final question to wrap things up with you. Do Spurs finish in the top four this year? Oh, man. Nice, easy one to end with. <sighs> I'm going to answer with my heart and say yes. Okay, and what does your head say? No. Oh. <laughs> hey, he sounds just like a Spurs fan. Exactly. There you have it, the gift that yeah. keeps on giving. There you go, guys. Now, we've been speaking to Shazad Haq, international sports commentator. Shazad, always lovely to speak to you. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.